Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast Weekly Sermon Podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer three service times for you to choose from. We have kids classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, Saturdays at 5 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Now, here's an encouraging word. Um, If you have your Bible, we're going to be in the book of Luke, which is the third book in the New Testament, Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 will be our Bible reading for today, Luke 19. And I want to talk to you about this concept of belonging. And on your way in today, you got a crew directory. And... This is a word that's been really burning in my heart and in my spirit because we want to make sure that everybody feels that they belong here. You know, all of us come in with so much anxiety, worry, stress. And I think one of the major questions is, is this a place for me? And I really pray that tonight you'll be confident that you found the right place, that God's here, His Spirit is here, and He brought you here for a reason, a purpose. Amen? Amen. So here's what the Bible says, Luke 19, beginning with verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. Zacchaeus was singing this. <laughs> he couldn't see over the crowd. Verse 4, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I have cheated people under taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man, which is Jesus' title, is what he referred himself as, came to seek and save those who are lost. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Belong is the word for the season, for this cruise season. You know, this is a universal reality that everyone, every human being, wants to be known and wants to be needed. That's a reality. I don't care where you come from, what nation you're from, what country you're from, what background you're from, what area you're from. It's a universal longing. We, all, we want to be known. And we want to be needed. 
And what's interesting is, if you're paying attention right now in our society, there is an epidemic going around called loneliness. It's amazing that we live in a day and age where we have so much to bring us together, but we feel more lonely than ever. It's one of the epidemics of our generation. People feel lonely. People don't feel connected. You can have a thousand Facebook friends and feel lonely. You can have 2,000 Instagram followers and still feel lonely. It is a major epidemic right now in our country and even in church. You could be in a crowd right now in this church and feel alone and feel not connected. You know, it's, it's actually a concern that we have in our hands. That how can it be that we have all these social media outlets and people feel disconnected? And I think one of the reasons is because we thought that just by having these outlets, that it automatically we would be in communities. You know, and so we kind of like took the, the effort off of making community because we thought, I have these outlets, I must be connected. And one of the greatest lies that we bought into is the fact that just because I'm seeing you on the phone doesn't mean we're connected. Like one of, the, one of the ways that I challenge this is simply this. When you find yourself in a situation where you want to talk to somebody, how many people on your Instagram can you actually reach out to? How many people can you actually reach out to on Facebook? When, you, when, when, when life hits hard, who do you go to? Because it's one thing to have these followers, but it's another thing, can we rely on them? Right? And so I would, I would present to us, my friends, that we have an epidemic in our hands because we are feeling more lonelier than ever. I love this interaction between Jesus and this man Zacchaeus because I feel like it's an interaction that's extremely relevant for us in this day and age. That's what I love about the Bible. It's so ancient, but it's so relevant. Because the human desires are still the same. We still long for the same things. We still want the same things. We're still searching for the same things. And I think that's why the Word of God is so powerful. It never gets old because it always is relevant to the conditions of our heart and the things that we want and the things that we're seeking. So take this man Zacchaeus, for example, right? The Bible gives you some, some clues to make sure you understand where he's coming from. First of all, it tells you that he's a chief text collector, which means that he worked for the Roman Empire. You have to understand at this point, the Jews were slaves to the Romans, and so they would pay taxes to the Romans, they paid dues to the Romans. Now, to make matter worse, Zacchaeus is a Jew working for the Romans. Okay, think about that for a second, right? He is working for the enemy, right? And he's making money off his own people working for the man. And what they used to do back in those days is that they would, have, they would subcontract with the, gov- the government. But they would do is they would also inflate the taxes to make money. So here's a guy who is working for the enemy and he's inflating the taxes and he's making money off the people that he's supposed to be helping. So just to give you a little context, who is this guy, right? And, and, and it's interesting because the Bible doesn't just tell you he's a chief tax collector, which means like he's... A boss, right? That means he has other tax collectors underneath of him, 
that reports to him. So guess what? He's not only making money off the people, he's making money off these other tax collectors. So this guy is making a lot of a lot of money. He's making a lot of money by working for the government that is oppressing his own people. Are you tracking with me? Then the Bible gives you, listen, pay attention when you read the Bible because it's the little context that's so important. Right? You got to read the Bible like you're hooked on phonics. You ever remember hooked on phonics? This generation doesn't know what hooked on phonics is. But <laughs> someone said they need to. Uh, but there's another interesting clue that the Bible gives you here. The Bible says not only is he a chief tax collector, the Bible says he's, a short, he's short in stature. You see, the, the Bible writers are very clever in, 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 in using words, right? Because it's easy to just say, oh, yeah, he's a short dude, and he makes a lot of money. But I think there's a, there's a, there's a play in words here that the Bible writer is trying to make here is that he's trying to compensate for something. Because when you fall short, you try to compensate somehow. Right? For him, maybe, perhaps, his way of compensating is to try to make money to make himself feel better. But then, you know you're reading the Bible correctly when you stop and say, okay, but about me, though? What am I compensating for? What is it that I use in my life to try to compensate for the places where I fall short? Come on, we're going somewhere here. Right? Because it's one thing for me to look at Zacchaeus and say, oh, look, he's a short dude. He's trying to compensate. He's... He is making money off of people. But, the, but then you know you're reading the Bible correctly when you start seeing yourself as the key is. Because the Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. We, all of us have fallen short. So the question is, because we fall short, in what ways are we trying to compensate for our shortness? You know, some people compensate with religion. I'm going to try to do a lot of religious things to compensate for the fact that I feel empty. Some people try to compensate, like I said, through Instagram followers. How many Instagram followers can I get to try to make me feel better about the fact that I'm still lonely? Right? Some people try to compensate through popularity. Others try to compensate through being busy. Right? Some people want to stay busy the whole time because they don't want to deal with the reality of what's going on. Right? Some people compensate by drinking. Right? Because we don't want to deal with what is actually in front of us. Some people compensate by doing drugs. Some people compensate by going out tonight. I just want to go out. I just want to forget. And then we wake up tomorrow still falling short. And you're tracking with me. So this is a man who is falling short. But he is a man who clearly understands that he needs something else. It's one thing to fall short. It's another thing to realize I need to do something about it. So we got to give this man a little credit here because he could have just stayed in his shortness. And I don't mean shortness just in physical stature, but in shortness in the reality that that something is missing. But what does he do? He hears that Jesus is coming around and he tries to find a way to connect with Jesus because by now the, 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 the word about Jesus had been spreading that this man welcomes people that feel short. about that for a second because think about it. He, it could at least have been the other way. He could at least be hiding because this man doesn't welcome people who fall short. 
So that tells you, my friends, the good news about Jesus is, is that the gossip around was, hey, this guy welcomes people who fall short because he would have been hiding. No, instead, he wants to expose himself because what he's heard so far is that, hey, guys like you, he's, he, he welcomes. My friends, that's the good news. I pray you understand that. That's what we just sang, that he leaves the 99 to go for the one who feels like they don't measure up and they, they, don't, they don't seem to fit the criteria. Everybody else has isolated them. You have to remember that Zacchaeus feels lonely. People have isolated him and said, we don't associate with you because you don't sin like us. Isn't that interesting? How we isolate people who want to sin like us? Y'all ain't going to talk to me tonight. He had the money, but he knew something was missing. So what does he do? He makes the effort to make contact with Jesus. Now, picture this. This is so important. There was a crowd of people. Like tonight, there's a crowd of people. But Zacchaeus makes the effort to make connection with Jesus. That's important. It's one thing to be in a crowd. It's another thing for me to make the effort to connect with Jesus. It's one thing to show up. It's another thing to show up. It's one thing to be here physically. It's another thing to be here in desperation, in desire, in longing. Because I'm not satisfied with just being a face in the crowd. I need to get his attention because I'm falling short here. And I need him to minister to my heart. I pray you catch this. Effort matters to Jesus. How do we know this? Because Jesus actually paid attention. There was a crowd, but somehow this man who's supposed to be on the outside looking in, Jesus says, I see you. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but he sees you. He sees your effort. He sees your desire. He sees you pursuing him. And he says, I see you. They may not see you, but I, the Lord, see you. I love that because think about this, right? He makes the effort, so God's like, I'm going to honor your effort. I'm going to honor your faith, Zacchaeus. I'm going to honor your pursuit. My friends, he climbs a tree. He's a short dude. That's double the effort. You know, I don't know how tall he was, but I can just picture his little arms and little legs. And how many times did he have to do it? I heard that these, these fig trees, the sycamore trees would grow up to like 14, 20 feet high. That's what my research showed me. So this little guy put a lot of effort to climb this tree, hoping that Jesus would notice him. My friend, your effort matters. Your effort might be the difference between your blessing. Think about that. I didn't say your good works matter. I said your effort matters. Your effort might make the difference. Because sometimes people say they want to be blessed, but they don't put any effort into being blessed. I am yet to meet people who don't want to be blessed. But I meet a few people who put in the effort to be blessed. Am I talking to the right people today? 
It's just such a beautiful thing that Jesus sees that. How great is that? That Jesus sees the effort. That your effort doesn't go unnoticed. That he says, I see you. And, and, and get, this is the first time they're meeting. And Jesus calls them by name. How awesome is that? People don't know us. They go, hey, you. But Jesus knows you and he calls you by name. I pray you take encouragement in that tonight. That I may not know you. The person next to you may not know you. But Jesus knows you and he calls you by name. Not, he's not only calling by name, he can see Zacchaeus, you're hurting. Because think about it, it would have been so cool for him to just be like, I see you. You know some people do that? <laughs> right? We, we, just, we just went to the Celtics Warriors game because I'm a Warriors fan for life, all right? And we're giving the league one year to, to do their thing. We'll be back next year. Okay. <laughs> But my, my son was with me, my son Caden, who loves basketball. He eats and breathes basketball. Like, he wakes up. The kid doesn't watch cartoons. He watches ESPN. He's 11 years old. Like, he loves basketball, right? So we're at the game, and, and, and his favorite player is Steph Curry. And Steph Curry's hurt, and that's the reason why we're not doing so great. Um, we got three all-stars out right now. So go ahead. You play our JV squad. That's okay. <laughs> But, but here's my point, okay? <laughs> my point is, he was hoping that Curry would look his way. He was just hoping, right? And, and we're sitting literally like three rows from the Warriors bench, and my son was hoping that Curry would just look at him. And you know what, my friends? Curry looked at him and, and made his night. And, and I'm not going to lie, I, I, you know, I, I try to be a cool guy, like, you know, I'm a man. I'm... It's just another man. But I'm not going to lie, when he looked at him, I was like... <laughs> I grabbed my phone, I text my wife, Curry looked at Caden. <laughs> Think about it, right? We all want to be known. We all want to be loved. And that's just the boss basketball player. But how much more does the God of the universe looks at you? And he says, I see you. But not only do I see you, I want to do something about that pain. My friends, that's the good news. That's the gospel of Jesus. You matter to God. That's incredible. You matter to Jesus. You, 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 you understand the reason why he gave us this book is to say, hey, you also are Zacchaeus to me. This is why he gave us his stories. It's to see ourselves in the stories. Yes, you fall short and you try to compensate in so many ways, but guess what? I see you and I'm going to do something about that feeling. I'm going to do something about that struggle. I'm going to do something about that pain. I'm going to do something about that thing that's holding you back. Like you matter to God. Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. Wow. There's a crowd, and he chooses to go to the guy's house, the one that no one thinks belongs. 
Did you see how they, they answered? They're like, he's going, that house? You know, it's February, and it's Black History Month. I was thinking about this. Can you imagine Martin Luther King Jr. giving that speech, I have a dream, and there's a massive crowd. You've ever seen pictures? Massive crowd. Thousands of people. Can you imagine Martin Luther King Jr. does the speech, I have a dream, he ends his speech, and he looks at the crowd, and he picks a man who is there who happens to be a racist, and he says, I want to go to your house. That's what Jesus did. He, Jesus always shocks the system. Like the moment you think you have him figured out, he does something completely out of the box. Right? We would, we would be doing the same thing. He's going to his house? Why? Because you don't sin like him? We don't realize even by that answer, we're saying we also fall short. Because we don't realize how good and compassionate God is to include another person that we don't think belongs. This is something that I'm praying we get into our system this season in our church. My friends, this is so important. Please catch this. Okay. This is my main point tonight is this. Is that personal invitation trumps general announcements. There's nothing like a personal invitation. Over just a, hey, everybody. Something powerful about someone calling you by name and inviting you to do something with them. I pray we understand this. My friends, don't take it for granted that someone's here, that they already know they should join a crew. I think it's so more important that if you are already in and you understand the power of a crew, that you are the one to extend the personal invitation to someone to join a crew with you because that will matter way more than me up here saying, hey, join the crew. <laughs> Jesus, knowing that, says, Zacchaeus, I call you by name and I want to go to your house. Now, that's so insignificant, but you have to understand the Jewish culture. When someone invites you over for dinner, it means I want to get to know you, and I want to have a relationship with you. I want to extend this beyond just the casual hi and bye, how's the weather and the Red Sox. No, this is like, I want to get to know you. They say if a Jewish person asks you off for coffee, uh, you know, your job, they, they, they think you're okay. But if they say, come to my house... They're saying, man, I think we can be friends. My friends, personal invitation trumps general announcements. Please get this in our spirits. We have hundreds of people coming to the church. This is one of four services. There's so many people here who will hear general announcements and think, oh, that must be nice. But it would be nice if someone calls them by name and say, hey, I want you to be part of my crew. I want you to be part of what God is doing in this place. My friends, Jesus loved to eat with people, so much so that they accused him of being a glutton because he understood the power of a meal. Do you understand why he said, hey, when you have communion, remember me? Because he's saying, like, there's power in a meal. When you're breaking bread with someone, when you're opening your doors to someone, or either it's a Dunkin' Donuts and breaking donuts with someone, or whatever it is, but you have to just break something. But I love this because here, here's what we're trying to get to, my friends, is that what Jesus was making here is such a powerful point that religion doesn't understand is that Jesus made him belong before he believed. Think about it. It's very hard for me to 
receive anything from you if I don't first believe that you believe in me. It's hard to receive something when my heart is not open to the fact that I belong. This is so important. Because we think just because people showed up, they already believe. I think people believe after they feel that they belong. So Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house knowing, my friends, he knows that Zacchaeus falls short. He's not surprised. Better yet, he's not even repelled by the fact that Zacchaeus falls short. You see, there's a difference between religious people and Jesus. It's the religious who says, ew, you're going to go to that guy's house? It's religion that says, you can't go to church. You? It's religious pe- that, 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 that thinks people think they have to measure up. But Jesus is making the point clear here. No, no, no. I see you. I know you fall short. I know you're shady. I know you've done a lot of dirt. But guess what? I'm coming to your house. Meaning, I'm coming into your life. I'm coming into your thing. This... Understand this is what we mean by the song, reckless love of God. It's reckless because you don't trust people the way God does. We're way, 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 way too cautious about our love. We got to screen people to get them into our house. We got to do background checks to get people into our house. And here's the God of the universe going, I'm coming to your house because I don't discriminate. Matter of fact, I came for people like you. My friends, Jesus comes into our lives just as we are. Yes, amen, sister. Praise God for the gospel. Jesus comes into your life just as you are. My favorite quote is, listen, God loves you just the way that you are, but he's too good to leave you as you are. So think about this. He goes to his house, right? And the scripture says, We cut to the dinner, at the dinner table, they're having dinner. Zacchaeus says, Lord, I need to make things right. Think about it there for a second. Please hear this. How do you go from, I'm coming to your house, to, I need to make things right? We don't have any of the details of what the conversation was between him and Jesus. But, but here's what I believe the scriptures, again, is trying to show you, is that Jesus, because he made him belong, made Zacchaeus repent. Because Jesus didn't discriminate against him, went to his house knowingly that he falls short, then that caused Zacchaeus to want to change his life. Why? Because, my friends, it's his goodness that leads us to repentance. It's because he's so good that makes you say, man, I need to do something to change my life here and to do something the way that you would want me to do it. My friends, the presence of Jesus brings conviction. I've heard this so many times. People have told me, listen, I started coming to church, I started walking with Jesus, and then, and then I started seeing, like, I need to change. The presence of Jesus brings conviction. That's why I tell people all the time, instead of telling people, stop doing this, stop doing that, no, how about you introduce them to Jesus and let Jesus be the one to bring the conviction. I did the prison ministry this morning. It was powerful. I love going to jail for the right reason. <laughs> but one of the things one of the men said today, he goes, man, I, I just, I keep messing up, man. I keep sinning. And 
And I, find, I feel like, I feel bad, I feel terrible. I said, I said, can I help you with that for a little bit? Can I tell you something? I said, instead of focusing on not trying to sin, focus in on falling in love with God. Because when you fall in love with God, then God becomes your focus, and sin becomes less and less of a thing over your life. Too many people, my friends, hear me. This is so important. Too many people are living their lives on the defensive mode. In other words, I'm trying not to mess up. I'm trying not to do anything wrong. Guess what? The more you live that way, the more you mess up. The more you get back, the more you backtrack. Listen, focus on what you're doing right, and you won't worry about what you're doing wrong. Focus on the love of God and his purpose and his will and your perspective, and watch sin lose its power over you. Because here's the thing. Catch this, right? Listen, I need you to catch this. Love for Jesus can motivate us for greater things than legalism, guilt, or manipulation can ever do. Your love for Jesus, okay, will be greater than any legalistic thing that Poopy can try to put you in to make you change. The love for Jesus is greater than guilt and manipulation. I don't want to manipulate you into loving God. I just want to introduce you to the love of God. And let that be the driving force of your actions and your reactions. Can you say amen? Listen, I got to tell you something here. The presence of Jesus brought such conviction to Zacchaeus that he's like, I need to make things right. Okay, I've cheated. I've hurt people. Funny thing is, even in making things right, there's still a little bit of him in there that's like, ah. He goes, if. It's like, come on, Zacchaeus, you know you did. <laughs> you ever got people come up to you and like, hey, if I hurt you, I'm sorry. It's like, well, did you or did you not hurt me? There's still a little bit of that pride in there. Lord, if, Jesus is like, come on, man. <laughs> if, how'd you get rich? <laughs> but I, I need you to catch this. This is so important. Sometimes in life, it's not the so-called haters you need to worry about. Sometimes in life, it's the so-called friends who don't call you out on things, who don't make you feel uncomfortable a little bit, who are passive in life, who are not making any changes, who are not doing anything for better, who don't climb trees. Those are the kind of friends you should be more worried about than the haters. Let me, let me again, I pray you catch this. There was a crowd there. How many was in the crowd just kicking it because they thought it was cool? I need people that would challenge me to climb trees to get to Jesus. I need people who will not empower me in my dysfunction, but will tell me the truth so I can be healed and be restored and be blessed and live a blessed life. I don't need you to remind me of where I am. I need you to remind me of where I'm supposed to be and where I'm going. If we want to see the purpose of God in our lives, we better get off the porch of familiarity. Listen, I pray you catch this. This is a very important thing. More people lose purpose over familiarity than they do over doing wrong things. There's more people in churches that will never reach their potential because they're in church. But then I get into Jesus. Then I climb in any trees. Then I put in any effort because they thought I'm in church. That's what I'm saying. You can't take for granted that someone is in church and that they feel that they belong. Jesus goes the extra mile and says, no, I need to come to your house because when I come to your house, I will bring conviction. He didn't go to his house to cuddle him. I know a lot of us just want to be cuddled, right? He, 
Because he said it. He said, hey, today salvation has come to this man's house. But he waited after the repentance to say that. He didn't just say that because he showed up. He said that after Zacchaeus repented of the sins, then Jesus says, now today salvation has come to this man's house. My friends, truth is we need to be challenged. We need to be challenged. We need to be, like, so I was, talking, I was talking to the staff this week about the fact that I think sometimes we get the concept of scriptures wrong. Like, we think, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. This is not, you know, iron cuddles iron. You ever seen Iron Sharpen Iron? You ever seen one of those old school movies where the, 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 the hand smith is, 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 is beating this sword into submission and is making the sword do what it's supposed to do? That's the scripture. The Bible says, like, we sharpen each other. It's a very, ha, 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 ha. And then, okay, your turn. Ha, ha, ha. Like, it's not, it's not, you know. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Oh, my God. We're just sinners. I think, I think, again, I, I could be wrong, but I think this is why some people don't want to join a crew. They don't want to come out of their familiarity and be exposed to something better and greater. Well, my friends, please, if you're hearing me tonight and you hear the voice of purpose in you, step out. Climb some trees, which means, like, for some of you, is join a crew. Do something different. Do something that will expose you a little bit, that will take you out of your comfort zone, that will take you out of familiarity, because I'm telling you something, it's because of familiar faces that we're not seeing purpose. So the, the point tonight is that we made this directory to make sure, like, to show you clearly, like, listen, there's got to be a place for you. There's got to be a tree somewhere that you can climb, that you can kind of see Jesus better, that you can kind of see purpose better, that you can kind of see meaning better. There has to be a place. Because we don't want you to just be a face in the crowd that walks in and walks out. That, that would be defeat the purpose of coming to a community. Just come in and come out real quick. No, it's, okay, now let me get uncomfortable with some people so I can grow in my understanding of God's will for my life. This is basically what Cruise is all about. You, listen, it's a place to belong. It's a place to grow. It's a place for accountability. When he said, I'll give what I stole, that's accountability. In other words, I, I can't stay the same now. And it's a place to reflect Jesus together. That's the purpose, my friends. That's why we have crews. That's why we go to the great lens to have so many options. So that someone can say, hey, I have a place to go belong, grow, be accountable, and reflect Jesus. This is what we're doing, my friends. We don't want you to just be a face in the crowd. And there's no reason tonight other than familiarity that will keep you from joining a crew. The reality is, my friends, we make time for what's important to us. Whatever you make time for, it's important to you. And whatever you don't make time for is not important to you. That's the way it goes. Right? That's just, like, we got to cut all the excuses out. It comes down to what is important to me. It was so important to this man that he climbed the tree and he made a ridicule out of himself and people talked about him, but guess what? Now he's got God talking to him. So it ends in a beautiful thing. Jesus says this. Go ahead, last, last slide. 
Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son. Here's what you got to read the Bible slowly. He said, this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. You know what true son of Abraham means? A true Jewish person. What what Jesus was doing, he's taking a dig at the crowd. He said, you thought you guys are the true sons. This is the true son. Because a true son repents, gives his life to the Lord, and lets him lead the way. You're over here doing religion. He's over here doing relationship. For the Son of Man, which is Jesus' title, in other words, he identifies with humanity, came to seek and save those who are lost. But guess what? He was lost no more. Because once he was lost, then now he's found. My friend, salvation has come to this home today. Today. Not someday, today. When you invite Jesus to come into your house, which is your temple, salvation comes. When salvation comes, something's got to go to make room for salvation. For him, it was paying restitution. See, I pray you catch this. Here's another religious lie. People say, this is between me and God. But guess what? God's like, oh, you didn't take my money. So you better go make it right with the people. We have to be careful with this religious thing. This is between me and God. I'm doing this for God. God's like, I don't need you to do anything for me. God doesn't need me to preach for him. God needs me to preach to people about him. God doesn't need you to serve. You serve because you want to reflect him. God doesn't need your money. You give because you want to reflect him. You understand this? It's not between just you and God. No, it's between you and the people that God needs you to touch and reach and restore and bless. I... Religion doesn't understand that. It's between me and God. Well, would God want you to be a jerk to people that he created? There's a disconnect here. That's why Zacchaeus had to make things right with other people. God's like, now salvation has come. Because you made things right. Because what is salvation is righteousness. It's doing the right thing. So tonight, my friends, salvation could be ours if we're willing to do the right thing. And that's different for all of us. For Zacchaeus, I got to make restitution. I got to go make things right with the people that I've wronged. For some of us, is, man, I got to let go of this lifestyle that keeps holding me back. I got to let go of this worldview. I got to let go of this mindset. We're all unique. The Lord knows our hearts. So today, I encourage you, would you allow salvation to come into your life? I didn't say go to church. Would you allow Jesus to come into your life, to forgive you, to restore you, to make you new? Would you stand with me as we pray? I encourage you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Here's why. Because it's a personal reflection. It's not about the person next to you. It's about you. My prayer tonight is that you don't be just a face in the crowd like those people were. I pray you are as a key is today. I pray you are someone who is hearing the voice of God. I pray you are someone who is connecting the dots to say, man, you're talking to me. 
I need to live right. I need to make my relationship with Jesus and others. For some of you, I believe God will tell you, hey, I need you to call some people and apologize. Make things right. I believe it's customized. Each one of us have to hear the voice of God because he's speaking to all of us. So let's pray together. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Maybe you're here today. You've never accepted Jesus into your life. He knows your name. He knows your pain. He knows your shortcomings. And he says, I want to come into your life. I want to bring salvation to you. If that's you today, I want to pray with you and for you. Where you are right now, do me a favor so I know who I'm talking to. Just, you can just lift your hand and say, pray for me. I want salvation. I want salvation. I want the presence of God in my life. I want him in my life, in my mind, in my heart, in my relationships. I want the presence of God to transform me from the inside out. Let's pray together. You that raised your hand, pray it from your heart. Mean it. But we're all going to pray together. Would you say, Father, today I heard you. And I want to respond to your love and to your grace. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I know I fall short. But I'm grateful for your reckless love. So Jesus... Save me, heal me, restore me, have your way. I pray that today is my day of salvation and that for the rest of my life, I will live in the fullness of your will. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. And for more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.